the biggest thing that I tell people when they always ask me about manifesting is like, look, like it's not about thinking like, oh, I, I want a million dollars or I want this. It's like, no, like the, when I, everything that I've ever got has come from feeling I've already got it. Like I remember it was probably like last year before, before the show, I, I was like, I wasn't really doing too, too amazing financially. Like I wasn't really good with money and I wasn't really saving. Up. And I was like, this is the wrong way to look at it. Like it's a wrong way for me to, to go down this process is to sit there and, uh, and worry about money. So then I changed my mindset. And I was like, I wake up every morning. I'm like, I'm a millionaire. And I'll say to my friends, I was like, yeah, I'm a millionaire today. Like today I'm a millionaire. And then a couple of months later it happened. Like it all, it all just kind of came, came into place. So I, for me, like it, I guess it's just reassuring to like tell myself that maybe I'm in a better position than I am right now. And it pushes me to, to work harder and strive for that. So I can, you know, say loudly and confidently. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And today on the show, I have TikToker, podcast host, and Netflix star, Harry Jowsey. You may recognize Harry from the hit show, Too Hot to Handle, or perhaps you have seen his viral social media content or listened to his thriving podcast, Tap In with Harry Jowsey. Harry has also been featured on a few of the biggest podcasts that exist, including Call Her Daddy with Alex Cooper, the BFFs podcast with Josh Richards and Dave Portnoy, and Impulsive with Logan Paul. But today I try to take our combo down a slightly different path and get into parts of Harry's journey that you may not be as familiar with. We talk about how remaining authentic has helped him transition from being a reality TV star to becoming a content creator, entrepreneur, and podcast host. Harry reveals why he didn't go the influencer route and why he stopped getting involved with scandals and drama. Our discussion also gets into how he healed from a very public breakup and things that he discovered about himself during that process. Harry and I also talk about what keeps him grounded, how he handles fame at such a young age, and the role that fitness plays in his life. He shares how manifestation has helped him become a millionaire and why getting what you want in life starts with how you feel about yourself and so much more. So let's get this conversation going. And welcome Harry Jowsey to the Adversity Advantage Podcast. Harry, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to, to chat with you. I mean, I first, I think, heard about you. Initially, I discovered you. I interviewed you know, Mike Malak on the show, and then I got more intrigued by what he was doing. And then I think it was shortly after my podcast, he was on your show. And then I was like, oh, who's this guy? And then I started following you. And then I saw you. You were on Impulsive. And then I saw you on BFFs. And... I was like, dude, this kid's, he's entertaining and he's got it going on. And it just seems that like, you know how to create content, you know how to resonate with people and you're just real. So I wanted to, to get you on the show. And with that said, like, I've heard you say like your biggest thing that you really enjoy doing is podcasting. So what is it about the podcast world that really lights you up? Yeah. Thank you for the intro. Bro. That was sick. The biggest thing about podcasting for me is I just love connecting with people and most importantly, like. Like I was explaining to my friends, it's like very difficult for me to like, or like anyone to just sit down at a bar and be like, try and learn about someone's life story or their struggles or like what got them there. Like people who don't really 
want to talk about that stuff. And for me, like the biggest thing is like, I get to learn more about my friends. I get to learn more about the stuff that they went through, maybe in a little bit more detail and, you know, kind of give them a voice in an area to talk about this, their struggles and their, and all the cool thing in between. But the most important thing is like meeting the people that listen to it. Like I, I'm always like shocked when I, when I'm walked down and, just, and I'll meet someone and be like, Hey, like I enjoy the podcast. Or I had one of the, one of the guys from the second season I've taught to handle and Joey and he called me like three times. He's like, just want to let you know, man, like it's so surreal. Like this is like a big moment for me. And I was like, damn, bro. Like I just didn't think that me and like the boys in the studio would really like affect someone like that. And it's just, it was kind of just like awesome. I was like, wow, like I'm just inspired and motivated to just keep going and be bigger, be better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool when you're able to to use your platform to help other people and then you create like an authentic space like the podcast world and you can have these conversations where you, know, you can talk about like whatever, you know, as far as life, but then you really get into the nitty-gritty of people's backgrounds and their stories and then they open yeah. up and they end up thanking you or you end up running into somebody, you know, at the mall or at the gym or whatever who listens is like, "Wow, your your story or your podcast wow. really ch- changed your life. So what got you going into the podcast space? Were you inspired by being on other people's shows? Were you like, I just needed to branch out f- other than just TikTok and YouTube? Like, what was it? Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I love going on people's podcasts. And I love talking to people and like having that like open conversation and, you know, talk about many different things and many different aspects. Cause obviously everyone is from all walks of life. So everyone's got different questions and has different ideas on things. So it's always good to like, I always just get, makes me more open-minded i think like learning and hearing from other people but the the producer one of the producers from call of daddy he hit me out like three or four times he's like hey you need your own podcast and i was like nah like i don't have time like i'm really trying to figure out this social media stuff he's like come on like let's just record like one episode let's go from there and see if it see if it was fun and then we did one and then we did we ended up doing like four and i was like fuck this is actually really fun and i really enjoy just like chopping it up and like having a laugh with these guys and and then it it kind of just like kicked off and I didn't really think anything too much about it. Cause I was just most importantly, just like enjoying the, the process of it and like falling in love with becoming a podcaster and having those like open conversations and just having really no filter. Cause it, I think the, the, the most beneficial thing for me is it. I went from that fuck boy from talk to handle where people saw like 10% of my personality to like, Oh no, like I could actually like sit down and like talk to this guy or like, I'm more than comfortable. Like I want to have dinner with this person. Like that's been probably one of the coolest things. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think what's interesting, I think about like life is like sometimes like we can't see, we have our blinders on and we can't see what's in front of us. And there's somebody else that maybe heard us on something or saw us do something like, yo, you need to do this. You need to start your own podcast. You need to write a yeah. book. And then that kind of gets, gets you going and gets you inspired to do it. Yeah. And you know, kudos to you for kind of hopping on that. So your podcast is called tap in and you, you just get really real and raw. I mean, mainly I think you talk about sex relationships, dating, like, is that the nature of the show? Are you branching out in other directions or is it just like, whatever? Well, it's pretty much just whatever, to be honest. Like I, I obviously love sex and like, it was one of the the biggest, it was what got me to where I'm at is like being right. a bit of a fuck boy and like having loads of sex. Like that's what got me on Netflix. And it's what got me this like, audience from netflix and like people that are engaged with me so it has been one of the big like it's also like i love like just telling people what i know and like if it works for people it works for people but we do talk about business we've had a couple of business people on there but i just found that like my audience doesn't really give a fuck about that stuff like they just want to know like 
who's dating, who's getting fucked, like how they like to get fucked and like what this is that type of shit. So I was like, I will, it's fun for me. Like I can be playful and can kind of like dive in the deep end on that stuff. Yeah. And I think it brings light to conversations that a lot of people are afraid to have. Right. Cause that's the like kind of taboo is like talking about sex in the, in yeah. this world. Right. And just being able to just open up and, and have that platform for people. Cause there's probably a lot of people that, that listen to your show that may not admit it or may not tell people about it, but they, it just gives them that affirmation that maybe they're on the right path with their sex life or a relationship, or maybe they're getting like, I know most of your audience is, is female. So maybe they're getting like a guy's perspective on sex, on relationships, and it's somehow helping them. And, and I think it's awesome. I, I mean, I love when people just put themselves out there and are super vulnerable and, and authentic Yeah, because we live in a world now where everyone's trying to copycat off of other people or people are afraid to show up and be themselves online. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing that I learned from Alex Cooper from Call of Daddy is that like she's in her own lane. Like she doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't she doesn't have she's literally got blindness on. Like she's running straight forward in her own lane, doing her own thing. And I think once you start to like think about what other people are doing or like focus your energy on elsewhere or like comparing your shit, it's just that's when it goes like starts to take a step back. Like I think for me, like listening to her and like seeing how she rocks and how she works, like I'm like, cool. Like, that's exactly what I need to do. I need to not look, like worry about other people's comments or like, Oh, maybe this person's going to judge me. Just say, fuck it. Uh, people are going to love or hate me regardless. So I may as well just do what makes me happy. Right. And she just got a massive deal with Spotify, right? Ridiculous. Like 60 M's. Yeah. 60 million or something. Yeah. That's, that's Great. wild. So I, I know like one of the things you said you kind of struggled with when you were like younger was worrying about what other people think. And now you've shifted into the space where you just don't, you're your truest self. You just show up, you post kind of how you feel or what you want. You have your show. Like you said, you're just really real and raw and just talk about what's on your heart. So like, what advice do you have for maybe somebody who's listening to this, who's just struggling to be themselves and show up either authentically offline or online? Yeah. I honestly just think that you need to be comfortable in your own skin. Like you need to take a step away. Like maybe there's someone that you're worried is going to judge you or like your friends are going to judge you. Like maybe you need to remove yourself from a situation or like maybe spend a weekend away and like do like try things that might make you happy or like go from there. Like I, I think the biggest growing moment for me was when I really was just like, yeah, nah, fuck this shit. Like I've only got one chance. Like I only live today once. And if I'm going to do it, worrying about what other people think or like worrying about or like, someone critiquing me on something that makes me happy, then like, fuck that. Like I'm, I'm already taking 10 steps back and that's a wasted day. Like that's a wasted little blip of energy that I could have put into creating something that I love and enjoy. And I think like when I was younger, like, especially in New Zealand and Australia, like it was more of a rugby culture, like, like, Oh, like very like macho men. Like, Oh, if you take a selfie, people will be like, Oh, this is a bit, this is a bit fruity or whatever. But I kind of, as soon as I just kind of started doing what I want to like sh showing myself off and like having a good time, like for me, like that was the most rewarding shit. And then the real people stayed around, the real people that, that just don't care about, uh, about shit like that, they, they sticked around and they're still my friends now. Whereas other people just like going off doing the other shit. Because it seems like to me, I mean, just by following your content, it's not like you're posting stuff with the sole intention of just growing your platform like there's a lot of people that are just posting content they're like using all these hashtags or they're going on other people's pages to just solely for the purpose of growing their audience right yeah. it just seems like you go on there and just post whatever you'll post pictures of yourself you got pictures with you and your puppy you'll post stuff with your podcast like whatever is going on in your life right then in there like am i correct yeah yeah no i just 
I don't know, like obviously it is the name of the game to like grow and like be bigger and better. But like I found that people really connect with you when you're just transparent. Like people, uh, that's why you look at like some influences, like say from like a business perspective, like an, a normal Instagram girl can do like a, you know, Instagram model can do like a swipe up and make X amount of sales. But you give that exact same brand deal to someone like Tana, she'll do a swipe up and she'll 100X their sales because she doesn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks. She's also completely true to herself. She posts whatever the fuck she wants. And she's also got like long form content where people like feel like they know her and they're very engaged. Like I think once I started hanging out with her, like it was actually alarming, like how many people would come up to me and be like, where's Tana? Are you dating Tana? And I'm like, damn, like she's really got some like ride or die fans. Yeah. The, the engagement that, that that world has, like your world has is insane on social media. Like I wow. was, I was at a conference in New York and I was, it was an affiliate conference and I was showing a guy that, that I work with like your, your page. And I was like, dude, I'm interviewing him this week and look at the engagement this guy gets. And I was just trying to explain to him the TikTok world. Cause I'm, you know, I'm 33, right. Yeah. I'm going to be 34 in October, like TikTok, YouTube, like is so like out of my world. Like I don't know the space as much. Yeah. And I'm like this, the engagement these kids get is insane. It's almost like a hundred percent engagement or more on some of these videos where people are struggling to get 1% engagement on with their social media on Instagram. No, it's wild. These, especially the, the, the kids from the hype house and, and whatnot, like their engagement is just ridiculous. Like it's sky, like obviously because they're following this, like, you know, four times as big on TikTok, but it's their, the engagement is mind-blowing like i haven't really seen anything like it like they're, they're really like tapped into their audience and they know what to do to to keep growing in that sense yeah no for sure and i think what people need to realize is that like you kind of have to stay up to if you want to create content you have to stay up to date with with what's going on and in the world of of all forms of social media and really just do what works for you and it seems like you've kind of found like your niche in, yeah and yeah, what you I'm post still- I think, yeah, I think I'm starting to like, like hone in on it and just do stuff that I actually enjoy. And like, that really resonates with my, my audience. Like I was, you know, getting involved in like scandals and like stuff like that and realized that I didn't really enjoy it. And it's like too stressful. And then people actually don't really give a fuck about it. Like it's cool for a little short, short term gain, but yeah. I'm like, when I started just not giving a fuck and like being myself, it's kind of when everything just started like to, to come into place. So do people like create drama on purpose just to gain followers or is like, or is your world called that they call it clout? So clout like is like the, the new form message of, you know, a following, right? Yeah. I think that there's obviously like people that they, they want to, they want to try and drag you down. Like it's like crabs in a bucket, you know, if you, I don't know. I'm sure if you yeah, yeah. that term, but as soon as you put crabs in a bucket, if one tries to get out, they'll try to pull it down to make sure that they're like, obviously like on the same level. So it's, there's a lot of that that's happened, but also like just like people like ex-girlfriends or just people in general that really just try and drag, drag your name through the mud to make themselves look better and like try and gain something out of you. So I, once I kind of just like cut all that shit off and really just said, fuck it, like I want to focus on me is kind of when I really realized that, yeah, like I'm you know, just, just way happier now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think you definitely, people in general, like it, the inner circle and the people you have in your, your circle are so important, especially I think in your world where the access and the, how easy it is to get stuff, whether it's drugs, whether it's excessive amounts of booze or whether it's just drama is, is mm. super, it's like right there in front of you at, at all wow. times. So 
like how do you kind of keep yourself out of that? Cause I've heard you make references and talk about like times where you just knew like certain circles you were running in and certain things you were doing just weren't meant for your long-term goals. Like how do you keep yourself more centered? I just, yeah, I guess I just look at my five year plan. Like I look at like where mentally where I want to be in five years and then I work backwards. I'm like, okay, like this is the person I want to be in five years. This is the impact I want to have. Like, what am I doing today? Like, well, how do I make that happen in six months? Like, what, what can I do today to change that? Maybe this person over here is like moving in a different direction or doing something that, that you wouldn't find yourself associating with long-term. So maybe we just cut that off today. Maybe we just move forward in that sense and like, you know, be a little bit selfish because, you know, you're stuck with yourself forever. So you may as well try and do what's going to benefit you and your team long-term. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's hard. I mean, some people, it's like one of the hardest things they'll do. Yeah, it's the most important things they, they need to do is to cut people out, cut people off in their life, right? People like you, you mentioned the crab analogy where if the crabs in your life are people that are just partying, doing a ton of drugs, just constantly gossiping about one another, and then you try to, to leave that group, what are they going to do? They're going to try and pull you back in exactly. because they all want to be doing that same thing. Because people, people know, I think subconsciously, they don't want to be living that kind of toxic life. It's just they, they have a hard time figuring out or making that hard choice to do so. And I know for you, like one of the things that you said, you've said it just really helps you is fitness and like working yeah. out, like has fitness always been a major part of your life? And what does your workout routine look like today? Not really. Like I always, I kind of just got involved in it when I was at university just because like I always played rugby and stuff like that, which has always been good. But I, when I was at high school, I got a knee, uh, knee reconstruction from playing rugby. Like I got pretty fucked up. But when I went to university, I had a lot of bodybuilder friends and in Australia, like the bodybuilder culture where I'm from is very big. Like everyone's just huge. So I was kind of like, well, I'm scrawny. I need to figure this stuff out. And yeah, just started training with like really good people. And then as soon as I got to like America and after, or I, I was kind of like, I would make sure I go like five or six times a week, but I didn't really see any progress. But once I moved to America and really just honed into my diet and took it a lot more serious is when I started seeing like real results and seeing like myself like really blossom. And it's kind of like now, like it's the first thing I do as soon as I wake up, like pretty much every single day, it, Saturdays and Sundays, like I'll go do cardio and like try and get out in the sun and like have a little sweat. But honestly, like I feel a hundred times more productive as soon as I get up and I, and I just make my body move and get the fluids moving. Now, would you say that, that that's something that on a consistent basis kind of helps you like deal with like the stress and everything that comes along with the, the, like the, the job that you have? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and also I guess being in this industry, like it's people are always like critiquing you and like how you look and stuff like that. So I, I did get very like insecure at the right. start of all this stuff because I was packing on a bit of weight and I wasn't like, I was just kind of getting comfortable. And then I started reading all these comments about, you know, how he looks like this. So he's had a glow down and I was like, shit, like I really need to just like figure myself out because now I'm getting like worried and I wasn't really feeling myself. And now I'm like, it, it really just helps me clear my mind and like get out that stress and like anxiety. And like when I wake up and I know that, you know, I can go train and like have that hour a day where I'm just like focused on like bettering myself is when I know I'm, you know, putting myself in the right direction. And a lot of people like always like, like I've got friends who are skinnier than me or like smaller than me. They're like, Oh, like, how do I do it? I'm like, bro, like it doesn't happen overnight. Like you just have to really fall in love with the process. Like I'm not, fall, I'm not falling in love with like my end goal. Like I'm not trying to step on stage and like flex up, but I'm falling in. I fell in love with this process like every single day and like know that it has to be a part of my routine no matter where I am in the world. Mm. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Fitness. I mean, I've been a trainer for forever, 10 years and fitness is a massive part of my life. And I encourage it for everybody who's like listening to this or just anybody in general, just to deal with life's battles, to focus on bettering yourself, to practice yeah. being consistent, discipline, like getting strong. Like, I think just the fact of the matter of the fact of the matter of just training yourself just to get strong. I think there's something for that. So I think yeah. it spills over into so many other areas of your life. So other than fitness, like I know you're kind of a spiritual guy, you talk about manifesting, like what are some other things that you do to kind of stay grounded and balanced in the midst of um, the world of influencing? Yeah, no, I, I think I'm very blessed because the people that have been brought into my life all share like similar mindsets and like visions. And like one of the guys that I live with now was kind of like, really weird timing that you know i was going through like the, a very rough breakup and i was you know feeling pretty sorry for myself ended up meeting his mom who's a shaman and this is what happened through tiktok like i met one of the boys i was like damn he looks like a looks like a legend dm'd him we hung out but then ended up flying to arizona meeting his mom who's a shaman and really like going through the motions and really just kind of like head first in this spirituality stuff like i never really believed in it before i moved to la maybe maybe hollywood got me but i don't know like it's really just it really just help, like helps keep me like open-minded and grounded and relaxed when I realize, you know, that there's a plan for everything. Maybe today something didn't go my way, but I know in three months time that that's probably the best thing for me. Like there's been many situations where I've missed out on maybe, you know, a seven figure bag. And then I realized that like, that isn't the path that I want to go on or that, that actually never happened. Like it was just a big facade. Like there's been many moments and I'm really blessed that like, to I guess to have have that mindset like manifest where I want to be but most importantly like feel it like the the biggest thing that I tell people when they always ask me about manifesting is like look like it's not about thinking like oh I, I want a million dollars or I want this it's like no like the when I everything that I've ever got has come from have feeling that feeling I've already got it like when I I remember it was probably like last year before, before the show I, I was like I wasn't really doing too, too amazing financially like I wasn't really good with money and I wasn't really saving up. And I was like, this is the wrong way to look at it. Like it's the wrong way for me to, to go down this process is to sit there and, uh, and worry about money. So then I changed my mindset and I was like, I wake up every morning. I'm like, I'm a millionaire. Like I feel it. And I'll say to my friends, I was like, yeah, I'm a millionaire today. Like today I'm a millionaire. And then a couple of months later it happened. Like it all, it all just kind of came, came into play. So I, for me, like it, I guess it's just reassuring to like tell myself that, maybe I'm in a better position than I am right now. And it pushes me to, to work harder and strive for that. So I can, you know, say loudly and confidently. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for the law of attraction. And if you're feeling like shit about yourself or feeling like crap about where you're going in life, like you're going to get crap in your life. Yeah. Like if you feel like shit about yourself or you feel like crap about who you are as a person, yeah. your relationships are going to reflect that. So I know, like the relationship that I think you're referring to is pretty public and it was very, I'm sure, I know it was kind of traumatic for you. And, yeah. and it seems that seeing this shaman helped you heal from that. So was there anything you learned about yourself through going through that process of things that you needed to maybe work on for yourself to get better? And if so, how'd you do that? We will get you back to this episode of the adversity advantage in just one second, but first wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. I think we all know by now the importance of optimizing your mindset and using it to attract what you want in life. But the problem can lie with the how, like how do you do it? And so with that said, internationally recognized therapist Marissa Peer is offering my listeners a special price for her 21-day abundance challenge. 
I have had a chance to look through the program and can personally say that this challenge is loaded with tons of valuable content. I believe that if you put forth your best effort into this challenge, you will feel rejuvenated, optimistic, and confident at the end. She will help you overcome your deepest limiting beliefs so that you can live the life that you deserve, and you will get things like meditations, training videos, previously recorded Q&As, and most importantly, access to a community of like-minded souls to help hold you accountable. This challenge is valued at well over $1,000, but she has heavily discounted it to just $99, and you can actually save an additional 25% by entering the code Doug at checkout. And if for some reason you aren't satisfied, she is offering you a full refund if you aren't satisfied within the first 10 days. So go to www.marissapeer.com forward slash Doug. Again, it's www.marissapeer.com forward slash Doug to learn more about the incredible program and join the challenge to live more abundantly. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 25% off. Now back to the show. Yeah, I, I found that um, that I didn't really have like an open-minded approach to situations. And when there was an argument in the relationship, I would let my emotions get involved. Right. And I found that that's definitely the, the wrong way to go about it is when you, like obviously you're passionate about something, you want to prove that you're right, but in any situation when you let your emotions take over and you don't think rationally or, or sit in a calm voice and talk like this is when it kind of always like crumbled and, the, and the, the arguments would get worse. So I always found that like, what I found from that moving forward is like the biggest thing for me is I, in that relationship with both my partner and myself, like we didn't communicate effectively. Like we weren't very good at like talking, like we would just scream and yell at each other. And, and now like I took a step back from that. Like, you know what? Like, the biggest thing is to just be understanding and empathetic yeah to them and like communicate in a way that doesn't sound like you're trying to like rip their head off right but yeah yeah and I, and I can imagine that there was also probably a lot of pressure like directly and indirectly just from the fact that your relationship like was stemmed from the show and then yeah. the show ends and then like here you are and now there's the world like looking at you guys under this massive lens of like, all right, like let's just actually see what they're made of. I mean, I don't know. That's just what I, the, the vibe I'm getting a little bit. So no, it was, it was honestly like very, very extremely difficult because you have, you're dating someone that you've never met before on the other opposite side of the world. You, you don't really know their background or their history or like where they've come from or what they've done. All you know is the stuff that they've told you. Right. And then the show is, and then everyone in the entire world wants to tell you what they know about this person or like this happens and everyone's just honing their energy in on the relationship, like making sure that they want, you know, people wanted it to fail, people wanted this and that. So it was probably very like stressful and, and public relationships are definitely not easy whatsoever. Yeah. So let's, let's, so staying on the relationship topic, I know you, Mike, and some others have created this dating app called Lolly, which I think is TikTok meets Tinder. I've heard it described. Yeah. So talk about it, I guess, for people, maybe they're listening to this and maybe they communicate better through video and they want to upload videos to try to attract a partner or, or whatever. Like what's, so what's, what was the intention behind the app and then what can people expect out of it? Yeah. I think like if you look at the direction of how we consume our social media, it's like all turning into vertical videos right now. Like Snapchat's jumped on it, reels on Instagram and there's obviously TikTok and there's obviously more and more social media platforms that are popping up that are in that sense. It's like, why is online dating still photos? Like, why is it 
where you can yes and no people. It just kind of seems played out. kind of seems boring. Like you just see photos of someone and their dog and like, Oh, maybe they're, you know, they're doing this or that. It's like, nah, I want to see your personality. Like I want to see what you actually look like. It's very easy to Photoshop a photo, but I want to see like you like through and through. So we created this app and it's exactly that. It's like TikTok meets Tinder. You can't say no to anyone. You just keep scrolling. Like you can go back up. Like if you, if you want to check them out or you can send them a crush, shoot them a message. And yeah, it's, it's probably been one of the, one of the coolest things that I've been a part, a part of just seeing that all that kind of come, come out and, and happen. But yeah, no, it's, it, I think it's definitely going to take be the future of online dating. It's, it's a very, very good app. I'm very proud to be a part of this team and it's growing like by the day, like it's growing very crazy. Yeah. I forget the stats, but I think somebody was telling me that like most people now meet online, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if that's just a combination of Instagram, Snapchat, Tinder, Bumble, match.com, eHarmony, like all the, all the sites and all the social media platforms together. So it's definitely here, but if you hear like some of the main like pushbacks from people, they're like, Oh, like I can't tell somebody's personality from a photo or people lie about what they look like or who they are, or I wish I wouldn't have like X that person. And, and you kept going. Yeah. It just seems like this defeats those obstacles, if you will. So have you heard, have you people like reached out or have you seen any feedback yet from the app as far as how people are enjoying it? Yeah, no, there's, there's obviously been a, a fair bit of feedback. It's kind of like obviously very early stages, but people seem to enjoy it. Like there's been a lot of love for it and a lot of people, like a lot of my followers and stuff are downloading it, which has been really awesome. But yeah, it's just, it's just refreshing. I think like Tinder's played, Bumble's played, like they've been around forever and they haven't changed. Like the product's still exactly the same. They're just trying to make money out of people and, you know, make money out of their vulnerability. But we're just like, we don't really care about like, oh, we, you have to charge to swipe back. Like we're not doing that. We're like, we just want people to actually date. There's been a fair few success stories already. So yeah, it's just, it's very early stages, but I'm excited to watch it grow. Yeah. Cause I think now these online dating sites, it seems once they have people hooked on the app, you have to kind of pay to play. Like you can't see who yeah. likes you on certain sites unless you pay money. Like you can't send messages and, and it's just, it's a big turnoff for people because people are already like nervous enough, I think to go into the online dating space because it just, it just seems like everyone's attracted to negativity. So they hear yeah. like horror stories and yeah. then when you throw a price tag, a monthly price tag on top of it, people are like, screw this, I'm out. Yeah, you can't win. You really can't, you really can't win with these dating apps. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, you see a lot of people that get fame when they're young and you see their lives just get destroyed. Like without naming names, I mean, there's plenty of examples where there's people that experience a lot of success when they're kids and then they get you know, deep in drug addiction or severe mental health issues. Like, have you set yourself up now, like just to see that and know that you kind of have to just learn to really take care of your mental health, like through this whole process? Yeah, for sure. I think I've been, uh, like I grew up with, you know, both my parents being alcoholics. Like I grew up in a, in a space where that is why I watched like every night, like every single night where I without skipping a beat and then, you know, watching my brother fall down into that path of like being addicted uh, to drugs as well. It kind of just really like, open my eyes where I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, you know, my, my family, great people, like awesome people, but we all have our flaws. And I think that was probably my parents' biggest one is just the fact that they can't control their liquor. Like they just really can't. And it's caused like many problems in our family. And it, I want the, one of the biggest things that I do is I self-reflect. And again, like I look at that five-year plan, I'm like, where do I see myself? Like 
what can I do? Like, how do I become the best version of myself? Or me, you know, diving headfirst into drugs and like getting fucked up every single night isn't a part of that plan. And I can't really see myself getting that addiction because I always feel horrible the next day. Like, anytime I have a big night with the boys, like, I feel shit house. I was like, I don't know how my parents do it. Like, they just fight fire with fire. So it, it is alarming because I see, I hear those horror stories about Hollywood and, and, you know, all these people getting all these crazy, like, uh, drug addictions and stuff like that. But I haven't really seen it. Like, I haven't seen any, uh, you know, kids out and about, like, doing heroin at parties or, like, smoking crack. Like, I haven't seen any, any of that shit. And I'm, I'm kind of glad I haven't, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine like, growing up with the family dynamic that you did, it kind of, like you said, alarmed you and, and opened your eyes up to like what can happen if you kind of like go down that path. And yeah. from what I understand from that world, like, yeah, I think obviously people are, are doing drugs when they're in Hollywood, but I think what happens is when the fame stops and the likes stop and the comments stop, like then they have to reinvent themselves. And yeah. it seemed like you've already kind of done that. Like, I don't know you from too hot to handle. Like I've never seen the show. I never saw it was the other one. Love Island that you were on. Like I didn't. Heartbreak Island. Yeah. Heartbreak Island. Yeah. I never saw. So I never saw, I knew you from like TikTok. I knew you from the podcast space and in the influencing space. So how did you like reinvent yourself from that reality TV star to becoming a TikToker, becoming an influencer and, and essentially doing what you're doing now? Yeah. No, I realized that, that, we only kind of had a month to figure it out. And like we had peak quarantine and the whole world was watching us. And I was like, cool. Like, I don't really want to be an influencer. Like I really don't like enjoy like posting brand photos and stuff like that. Like I enjoy like posting me and like having fun and like doing stories where I just take the piss out of myself. So one of the biggest things that I worked really hard on is the TikTok space. Like I tried to collab with as many people as possible. I was doing, you know, posting like three or four TikToks a day, like really trying to figure it out because I was really like falling in love with the process of like creating content. And it pulled me away from Instagram because Instagram was mainly like brand deals and like being an influencer. And I was like, I don't do that. Like I want to make funny videos and like have fun with my friends. So then I guess at that point when that happened, I really just transitioned into Harry from TikTok. And I remember being at In-N-Out Burger with uh, a whole bunch of kids from the high pass, like Chase, like Lil Huddy and all those kids. And someone said, oh, my God, that's Harry from TikTok. And I was like, damn, like, sick. Like, okay, cool. Like, I made the transition now. And now I'm, like, really focusing on the, the long-form long media because, you know, the podcasting space has been, like, really enjoyable. Like, I get to sit down with guys like you and I get to have an open conversation and talk about stuff. And, and I think that's been the coolest part is, like, now I'm, now I'm really honed in on what I really do enjoy, and that is podcasting. And, like, that is, like, learning and, like, sitting down and talking to people. And, yeah, I get really, like, prideful of, you know, like, listening to the podcast back and, and stuff like that so it's been it is like a, a bit of a process but again like i look at other people from my show and i'm like what where like what are you doing like where where do you see like are you always going to be that guy from that tv show or are you going to be that guy that everyone knows but they just don't know where they know you from like how can you keep the wheels moving like how can you be the next version of yourself or the better version like i i look at a lot of these other reality tv stars and it's kind of like their identity forever and i'm like well that's not me like i don't want to be sitting in the same square forever yeah now you hit the nail on the head i think a lot of these people who experience this fame at a young age or at any age they identify with that for the rest of their life and then yeah. it prevents them from moving forward in their life because eventually like people are going to forget about the show right unless it's like i mean obviously if you're like in one of the, the a show like friends or seinfeld or some of the biggest shows like ever 
you know, you're probably more likely to constantly be remembered, of course. But if you're in a show like, you know, like, you know, Heartbreak Island or Too Hot to Handle, where there's so many reality shows around like love and relationships, it's a lot easier to get lost in the weeds. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very like, there's, there's a whole stack of us. Like, there's thousands probably of reality TV stars have been on like love shows. It's like, what, what are you going to do that's different? Like, everyone does the same old shit. It feels like they're famous. It's like, no, you, no, one's, no one's achieved anything. All we did was go on a show that we got picked to go on because we, because we're hot and we have a fucking Emma Horny. Like, it's crazy. That's why I said to the season two cast, I was like, no, like, lose the ego, lose the head that you have on your shoulders. Like, all you did was get on a reality show. Now, what do you do? Now's where the work starts. Like, please, like, I was trying to get that, like, in the head. I'm like, don't, I don't want to see more people from, like, that happen with my cast where everyone's just turned into influencers. Like, let's, let's move forward as a unit and let me help you help, like, move to the next level. Yeah. That's awesome that you've kind of taken the lessons that you've learned from reality TV and even some of the success that you've had now and you're trying to pay it forward to, to some of the other people that are kind of like going before you and going through this. And, and one of the things I, I wanted to, to dive into was I heard you on impulsive talking about this winning streak thing. And, and I was thinking about it as you were describing it with, with what Charlie said and how important it is for people that are struggling to just get some small yeah. wins under their belt. So if you could like explain to the audience, like what was going through your life in that moment where you were listening to that episode and then like what the notion of a winning streak was and how it really helped you. Yeah. So I won't go into details or else we'll be here forever, yeah. but um, right, right, right. The uh, essentially like I was the boy, like it was the end of the line for me. Like I was at the, I was at the lowest of my lows. Like I've never been that sad, like waking up in the morning and just not wanting to get out of bed and like not wanting to eat and like, doing things that I'd normally enjoy, like taking the dogs for a walk or like going outside or like training. And I just wasn't getting any enjoyment out of it. And I probably was crying like every single day, like just sad, sobbing and like upset and emotionally and mentally destroyed. And I listened to this episode and this guy, Charlie Rocket came on and he's just glowing. Like he's a different vibration. And that kind of started my spiritual journey as well. It was like, I see this person and I can feel their vibration and I can feel exactly the the energy that they're emitting and putting out and i was like damn like this guy's this guy's been through way worse i get a brain tumor he was gonna die like all this stuff like where i was just feeling sorry for myself like i was just feeling sad that i was having a really rough patch and then i listened to to his whole process and it applied directly to what was going on with me like so obviously i was sad and i wake up in the morning and i'd be like i'm sad about this i'm upset about this and that was the wrong mentality I was focusing on all the negative shit when I should have been. And this is what we do now as we focus on the winning streaks. Like we wake up in the morning, like, cool. Maybe I didn't wake up on the right side of the bed, but I can go over there and can get a coffee, you know, for, for that little cup gives me happiness, gives me joy, like a caffeine kick. Like that's a winning streak. Maybe I can, I have the ability to walk outside in the sunshine. That's a winning streak. Or I can go down there and like, all right, cool. Like I meet my friends or like hang out with the puppy or like, get a burrito that's a winning streak instead of going oh this sucks that sucks because then you're just going to sit there and focus on being sad when you change that and you flip that mindset you focus on being happy is when you become a better person and put out that better vibration and then everything starts to come come your way like as soon as i flip that switch and i realize that i want to be like child like i want to i want people to watch my content and wake up in the morning and be like damn that's a happy dude like i feel better now I feel better about like watching that or like feeling this way. 
So the winning streak thing really like helped change my mindset and my mentality on like um, the type of person that I want to be. It's like everyone, everyone, and again, like obviously like it's a lot harder for some people than others, but everyone has those ups and downs and you have to have those downs, those dark moments to know that there's light moments, to know that there's light coming. And the, I, in Charlie Rocket, always says like, uh, Santa never brings presents in the light. He always brings presents in the dark. So that's when you're going through that shit, when you think it's like the bottom of the line, just really start focusing on those winning streaks because every, everything's just going to get a whole much better from that point forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the whole, so the whole notion of this show, the adversity advantage is I think people take these dark times in their life and they make them darker based on how they respond. Like, I don't think it's adversity that breaks people. It's like how you respond. And that's kind of like, very in line with the winning streak mentality where like it, it, when people go through hard times, they turn to alcohol, drugs, maybe like sex with people they shouldn't have sex with or whatever, or they cheat on their partner, whatever it is. And then they create so many other problems in addition to what the original problem was based on how they responded. And, and I'm trying to help people understand that if you can reduce the half-life of the pain or the adversity you're in, you'll win long-term. Like if you surround yourself with the right people and you can turn to them during tough times or practice gratitude, like you were talking about, or fitness or meditation or so many other things where it can change your mindset and change your state so that you can get through like the darkest of times. And I think it's so important now to be able to have that mentality to be able to get through life because life's going to be hard. And you know, you made that analogy with, with Santa, like people have to remember before it gets light out, it has to get dark. Like the sun goes down and it gets really dark and it has to get yep. dark for the sun to come back up. Yeah. And just, yeah. You know, exactly. Like it'd be boring if the sun was always up. Yeah. That sure. would, that would <laughs> yeah. So, so I want to talk about this five year, you talk about this five year vision that you have and you're envisioning yourself, like what your five year plan is. And that kind of keeps you in check from, you know, not getting yourself in these toxic behaviors or decisions that could potentially destroy what you have going on. So what, like if, if Harry Jowsey, if it was 2026 right now and you were looking back, like what would you have wanted to, what would you have wanted to accomplish by that? Yeah. I think predominantly like my, my biggest thing for being in this space is I just want to like entertain people. Like I just want to make people laugh. Like I, the reason why I dived into the, the reality show realm is I unfortunately had one of my very close friends, like commit suicide and then I was in a, obviously in a bad way and I didn't know what to do and then went on the first show Heartbreak Island and then realized the impact that I was having that people were laughing I don't know if they're with me or at me but they were laughing and I'm like cool like that's that this is who I need to be like I need to focus on being a positive impact and it's been my one of my goals since day one is to be a positive impact and move in ways that don't hurt other people but gets people entertained and like they feel good about themselves. And I think, you know, five, five years time, like, you know, I want to have a handful of businesses that not only benefit people, but like benefit the environment. Like right now we've just relaunched my sunglass brand where we stop 180 plastic bottles from going into the ocean. Like we're trying to, we're trying to, my whole team is moving in a way that like, how can we be, you know, even though I'm a reality TV show dickhead, like, and that's kind of how I'm always going to be branded. It's like, how can we make our footstep better than the last person and, you know, inspire the next person that's going to come on a reality TV show? Like how can I inspire the next person to be better? Like it's a very toxic environment going on these reality TV shows because we just get drunk and fight. Like what can I do to go and like make people laugh? So I think five years time, like 
we're, we're hoping to, you know, 10x or 100x our impact and make people, you know, happier. And like, essentially, I kind of want to have that, that vibe that Kevin Hart has. You know, you look at, you think about Kevin Hart, like, that dude's funny as fuck. Like, there's no, like, bad things that go on. Or, like, you'll see his uh, movies on Netflix and you're like, ah, it's a Kevin Hart movie. He's so funny. Like, it's going to make me feel good. That's kind of the branding and the approach that we're trying to take forward. It's like, no matter how you look at me, like, oh, that guy's a dickhead, but he's funny. Or like, you know, like I want to watch that podcast because he's hilarious or he's got a good head on his shoulder. So that's kind of like the direction that we're taking. And, you know, I think we're moving in the right direction, but it's just going to take a bit of time. Yeah. So you take plastic bottles and then from the plastic bottles, you make sunglasses from the plastic bottles. Is that right? No, no, no. We, so uh, we partnered up with this company called Plastic Bank, which is this really good foundation where they turn plastic into a currency in these third world countries. So that's what we do. So these you know, people uh, out there that are working, they'll, they'll pick up the, like, we'll sell a pair of sunglasses or obviously donate money to the organization to help stop those plastic bottles from entering the ocean. That's awesome, man. Congrats. And it's, it's really cool to, to hear your journey and how you've taken this like reality TV stuff. And, and even like you were saying, like the reputation you built around that to as a, use that as a stepping stone to now like do so much good for the world and trying to make an impact. And like you said, you were like mentoring some of these other guys that are coming through the reality TV space and trying to help get them set up for, to have success afterwards. And it's, it's really inspirational. And so the last question I have is like, you seem like a really confident guy and you seem like somebody that you just, you just show up and I'm, I'm sure you don't have an issue like getting dates with, with girls. Right. So maybe there's somebody listening to this that's feeling insecure. Maybe it's a guy, maybe it's a girl and they're just struggling mm-hmm. to, to, to get a date. They're struggling to put themselves out there to, to find somebody. Do you have any tips or advice to like some must do's for somebody to be able to have that like aura or energy so that they can attract that right person? Yeah, I think one of the most attractive things about people is their energy and their confidence. So like if you're not feeling good about yourself, if you're feeling like maybe I'm flabby or maybe uh, I need a haircut or maybe I need some new clothes, then go fucking do it. Like let's get let's get you feeling right. Like that's the only way you're going to step out and people are going to look at you and be like, damn, like I want to hang out with that person or like I want to see that person. Like there's a reason why I'm like the way I am is because I literally like know like I'll never be in a different body forever. Like this is this is it. Like I'm stuck here forever. So I work as hard as I can to make myself the best version of me so that I can walk out on the street and like feel like feel confident enough to go and talk to anyone. So I think like the biggest thing that people need to do is like, yo, if you're if you're sitting at home, you're feeling sorry for yourself or you or you feel like you're not a hundred percent, like what can you do to be a hundred percent? Like you may, again, like maybe you need that haircut. Maybe you need to go get a pedicure, manicure. Maybe you need to go get your legs waxed. Like we, who knows? Or maybe, maybe it just starts with within. Like maybe you need to go like eat something. Like maybe you just want a big fucking pancake and it's going to make you feel amazing. All the confidence and the energy and to be attractive comes from within. There's so many ugly people that are very attractive because of their energy and how they carry themselves. And that's, that's the biggest thing. And like for me, I've always like, I, I said it in the call, daddy, episode and it was one thing that's always stuck with me and my friend Rody, he was dating the probably one of the most gorgeous girls at school and I asked him and this this, this dude was like four, it was like 14 or 15 and he, I was like what the fuck's going on like why are you so confident like why are you moving around like you've got a 10 inch dick like I don't understand it and he was like to me well I'm stuck in my body like for the rest of my life like I'll never be another person so why the fuck 
would I like not love myself? Why the fuck would I not be confident? Why the fuck would I not move with my nuts hanging? Like, that's the thing. It's like, you need to wake up in the morning. You need to look in the mirror and like realize that this is it. Like you are this person and you can either be like feeling sorry for yourself and, you know, take 10 steps backwards or you can be like, you know, fuck this. I'm hot as shit. Like I'm the best version of me. Like I'm moving forward. I'm, I've got a spring in my step and a smile on my dial. Admit that energy and that energy will come back. You'll find the right person. Uh, the right people will start coming around you. And that's, that's pretty much it. It's just like you have to really look at yourself and understand and like go through that transition mentally. Like, yo, like this is it. I'm hot as shit. That's, that's all it is. It's just like understand that you're a bad bitch and you're hot as fuck. I love that, man. Yeah. It's all about energy and how you feel about yourself and also making the right choices to coincide with that energy that you want. And if you're feeling insecure about a certain part of yourself, then take action and do something. Like if you're somebody that's exactly. feeling insecure about the way you look, then maybe like address like the, what you're eating or if you're moving your body yeah. or taking care of yourself in that way. And it, it's so important. So I think that's a good place for us to kind of stop because it's a, a good like reflection of our conversation about like, you know, being successful and just achieving your goals, dating, like everything is how you feel about yourself and just really radiating that energy within and it'll um, be reflected externally. So Harry, this has been awesome. Where can people find out more about you? I know you're at Harry Jowsey on the social platforms, but where can people find out more about your podcast? Yeah, so the podcast is available anywhere where you listen to podcasts. It's just honestly called Tap In with Harry Jowsey. Uh, just search it, listen to it. It's a good little vibe. And yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Of course, this has been fun. And for those listening, what I encourage you to do is to give Harry a follow, check out his podcast, tag him on social media, tag myself with a takeaway from this episode. Maybe it was something that, that he said about fitness. Maybe it was something he just said about confidence, whatever it was, tag him, tag myself. We love hearing feedback. And uh, we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we'll see you next time.